Hey, it's Tuesday, and this is our Journey Through Scripture uh, podcast as we're uh, continuing to, to make our way through. We have finished the, the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament. Now we're going to be in Joshua. Uh, we're going to look at Joshua's chapters 1 through 5. I said 1 through 4. We're actually going to go 1 through 5. Uh, so if you need a second, take a moment and pause uh, to read that. But my name is Philip Thomas. I'm pastor here at Journey uh, in Elgin, and uh, we're so glad that you've, you've joined us. All right, so let's get into the book of Joshua. Again, so now Moses has just died. Uh, the, the people are now preparing uh, to cross over the Jordan River uh, and to uh, retake the promised land. Uh, kind of this would be, they'd be a little bit north of the Dead Sea, kind of the Jordan River uh, uh, area there. And uh, so they're crossing over. Um, they're close to, uh, to Jericho. Obviously, that will come into play uh, here pretty, pretty soon. Um, so chapter one of uh, Joshua uh, is is very important, and so you you have now Joshua is taking over uh, the lead of the people of Israel, and they are going to go and to do something that is is very difficult. And you know it, it's important, you know, as we as we kind of read uh, through Scripture, it seems like they just kind of go from town to town and they conquer everything, and uh, you know they cross the Jordan River on Saturday and. Uh, well, they wouldn't do it on Saturday, but uh, they crossed the Jordan River on Sunday, and and by the the next Friday, they've conquered the land. No, this this took years. Uh, it uh, it took a long time uh, for all of this to happen, um, and and it it was not just as easy as sometimes we think about it being. Right? It, it was a challenge, uh, but yet uh, God was going to be with them. And and again, it's important. You know, they've spent 40 years in the desert, so I'm sure that they did some kind of preparing and training. They have fought uh, before, uh, but they're going up against fortified cities. Uh, you know, they, they are a, have been a, a nomadic people uh, that is now going to try to, uh, to claim an area. And, and that, that, that happened back then. Uh, uh, tribes did that. Uh, but it, it was it was very difficult, and so they're going to up against some some very serious uh, enemies that are more powerful than them, um, and and so they need to they need to make sure they know uh, where their strength comes from. And uh, Joshua chapter one, I I love uh, Joshua chapter one, uh, the especially the first uh, few verses. Um, it says, um, verse five or starting in verse four, uh, from the wilderness and this uh, Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea towards going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your lo- of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage for you, uh, for for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do uh, according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it from the right or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. You may observe uh, to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid or dismayed, 
for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That's God's promise to Joshua. Um, and you know, and I, I, that's, that's God's promise to all of us. <laughs> you know, he may not be calling us to go and to, <laughs> to establish new, new territory, um, but uh, he is calling us to go and to follow uh, his commands and to live our life for him. And the fact that he repeats, be strong and courageous, uh, just in that short time, I think three different times, and, and says be strong and very courageous, means that the task ahead of you is going to make you feel weak and scared, <laughs> right? So, so God is, is uh, reinforcing uh, within Joshua that he can be strong and courageous, that God is going to be with him even as he comes up against uh, very difficult circumstances. And, you know, we, we need to choose to be strong and courageous. And so, uh, um, excuse me, I want to say Moses. It's not Moses anymore. He is not with us. Uh, it is Joshua. And at the end of chapter 1, uh, Joshua is, is talking with the people, and their response to him is interesting. It's this, so, they, so they answered Joshua saying, All that you command us we will do, and wherever you send us we will go. Just as we heeded Moses in all things, so we will heed you. Only the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Uh, whoever rebels against your command and does not heed your words in all that uh, you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. Right? So they are, they are getting this message. You know, they are united. Uh, they are looking forward uh, to going and to taking, taking the land. And they, they are recognizing uh, who Joshua is, uh, how God has, is speaking through Joshua. And, and so things are, are, are going well now. Uh, but, but you kind of have a little deja vu moment. The people send out some spies to go and check out the land. Right. Remember, uh, 40 years before, they sent 12 spies, and they came back. Ten of them said, don't do it. Two of them said, go. It was Joshua and Caleb. So this time they decided, well, we're not going to send 12. We're just going to send two. We like the <laughs> maybe, maybe the two will be the same as Joshua and Caleb. So the two go out in chapter 2, and, and you see uh, that they... Uh, go into Jericho. So they're checking out Jericho, um, and they find themselves at a prostitute's house named Rahab. Uh, how they found themselves at the house, I'm not sure. Uh, we, we, we really have no idea. We just know that she took them in, and she hid them from the king of Jericho. In fact, the king of Jericho specifically asked her, do you have these men? Because see, it's important for us to remember that the, the word, the, there were rumors, uh, people had heard about this uh, group uh, of nomads, this, uh, these people of Israel. Uh, there had been skirmishes. There had been things before. They had had successes before. Um, and so there was, there was definitely concern already. So the king of Jericho wanted to find out. He wanted to, to get the, the spies. Well, Rahab uh, protected them. Uh, she hid them on the on the roof, um, and uh, whenever uh, the king was gone, uh, I, I, this is uh, interesting. Her uh, her response uh, there in verse eleven says, "He is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. 
Now, therefore, I beg you, swear to me by, uh, by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you will also show kindness to my father's house and give me a true token and spare my father, my mother, brother, sisters, and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. Right? So Rahab actually recognized uh, there's something about this God uh, of this people. Um, and, and she was concerned. And, and she, in fact, she mentioned, we've heard about how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea when you came out uh, from Egypt. We saw what you did to the two uh, kings of the Amorites. Um, right? so, so they had heard these things, and she believed. She believed that this was the one true God, uh, so much so that she lied to the face of the king of Jericho. Right. She had she had never, from what we know, she had never encountered any of the people of God. She had never encountered any people of Israel before this moment. But she had faith. She knew that she should not go against the one true God. And so she stood up for uh, the people of God and she hid the two spies. And uh, she helped them and made sure that they were going to be able to get out. And they told her to leave a scarlet cord in the the window um, so that her family would be would be saved later on and sure enough we're going to see that happen um, so that that's a, an interesting uh, kind of uh, beginning to this so the spies come back after being saved by Rahab a prostitute right again uh, who God uses is is always incredible right it's it's not the people that we would would, would use uh, God uses people who are flawed, uh, but but who, when given the opportunity, uh, recognize who he is and acknowledge that he is God. Um, and at the very end of chapter 2, says, uh, The spies say to Joshua, Truly the Lord has delivered uh, all the land into our hands, for indeed all the inhabitants of the country are faint-hearted because of us. Right? So, so a much different message than the 12 spies that came back um, 40 years before. So then we have chapter three, uh, Israel crossing the Jordan. Um, you know, the crossing of these bodies of water, you have the crossing of the Red Sea, and uh, now the crossing of the Jordan. These are, are very pivotal uh, moments in the history of the people of Israel. Um, it is important to, to know that the Jordan River, uh, it specifically mentions that it's at the time of harvest. This is when the, the Jordan River would be uh, more at flood stage, um, so it wouldn't be easy just to to cross. And again, uh, we're talking thousands of years ago. There wasn't just the nearest bridge, right? Um, it, it would be very difficult to cross, especially uh, at flood stage. Um, so, uh, so God uh, prepares them, and Joshua uh, said, t- tells them to sanctify themselves uh, for tomorrow. The Lord will do wonders among you. And he told, told the priest and gave them orders. So the next day, the priests that were holding the Ark of the Covenant, they go and, and they begin walking into the water, holding the Ark. Um, again, imagine walking into a, a, a rapidly uh, moving river, right? And here the priests are walking into the, to the river, holding this huge gold-plated Ark. Um, and uh, they walk into the water. And the Lord says, basically, just be just stops the flow of water and it heaps up. So it's kind of different uh, how the, the Red Sea parted. So, you know, kind of on both sides. This just appears basically God just 
used his invisible hand to make a dam. He just stopped the water, and so it was just piling up uh, on one side. And so you get the, the picture that on the other side, it just ran off. Um, and so now the gr ground is dry, so the people can walk across, um, and they, they walk across the Jordan River. Um, Joshua tells them to take 12 stones from out of the middle of the river that would normally be obviously covered with uh, water. Uh, they take those 12 stones, they make an altar. Uh, it's Im important to do that. It says, here's the, the reason in uh, verse 6. Uh, it says that, that this may be a sign among you when your children ask you in time to come, saying, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it crossed over the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be a memorial to the children of Israel forever. Right? How important it is to remember those things that God has done. Remember when, when God has intervened in your life, when God has done amazing things. It's important for us to remember those. So even though we didn't experience them, we didn't see them, we can remember. And, and we, the proof of how important this is is that we're talking about this today. Right? That, that, that this was uh, instilled in this group of people uh, to the point that, that thousands of years later, we can still remember what God has done. So uh, we uh, keep, keep going in chapter 5. Um, this is interesting. I, I wanted to go through chapter 5 um, uh, today rather than on uh, Thursday. So the people have just crossed the, the river. So now they are... Uh, they are vulnerable. Um, you know, they, Jericho knows they're coming. Uh, other cities and groups know that they are on their way. And so you would think you would want to cross the uh, Jordan River and begin the battle, right? But no, that's not what God asked them to do. God asked them to go through and circumcise everyone, right? That's not, it's not a good strategy to begin the battle, <laughs> Right. And and uh, but it was it was so important. And what had happened is over the 40 years, uh, the generation uh, previously, they had been circumcised, but they had not uh, circumcised all of the children so that God was wanted to make sure that that was happening. Again, we we talked a little bit about that. That was a, a ritual act that was a, a kind of a sign of the covenant. Um, and, and so the people in Joshua, uh, Joshua listens to them and. and you have to you have to know Joshua as a military thinker, as a general of the army, would be like, this is the worst thing we can do. We're going to immobilize ourselves and paralyze ourselves uh, right here where we're most vulnerable. Um, but but God knew what was important because He wanted the people to have no doubt. Um, what was going to happen was all because of God and no one else. And uh, so God did was going to do things His way, and so of course uh, they they go through that. They uh, um, talk about the the meaning of circumcision again. Talk about the covenant, and uh, and so they uh, they they camped uh, camped at Gilgal. Uh, they kept the Passover on the fourteenth day of the month. Um, they they ate the the Passover, um, and at that time, this is interesting. Uh, verse twelve says, uh, or 11, uh, when they ate the unleavened bread and the uh, grain of the Passover, 
then the manna ceased on that day after they had eaten the produce of the land, and the children of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate the food of the land of Canaan that year. So basically God provided. He brought them into the promised land. And then they had their own uh, produce and they no longer received uh, the miraculous manna that God had been providing them for 40 years. So a very key moment that is happening here. And then the last few verses there of chapter five are just really interesting. It says, and it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted his eyes and he looked and behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in, in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, are you for us or for our adversaries? So he said, no, but as a commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take your sandal uh, off your foot for the place where you're standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Um, again, kind of a uh, reminds us of, of the burning bush when God is speaking to Moses he says take your sandals off this is holy ground uh, this is th this picture of uh, the army of God that is going before uh, Joshua that, uh, that, that yes there is a physical battle going on but there is a spiritual element uh, to this and you want to make sure you are on the right side of that and that's what Joshua was was doing his, his, uh, his asking the question are, are you for us? Who, who are you? And when he finds out that this is a, a representative of God, he, he falls and he worships. Uh, and, and he knows that he is going, Joshua is following God's army, that Joshua is not the one that is ultimately leading this. Um, and, uh, and he recognizes that he is on holy ground. Uh, so again, kind of a connection there uh, with, with uh, reminding us of, of Moses. So next week, or not, not next week, on Thursday, uh, we will be going uh, through chapters 6 through 10 of Joshua, 6 through 10. So I encourage you to read through that. There'll be some familiar stories in there, um, and uh, we'll see you on Thursday.